Every day 
Happy Sabbath, everyone. Wow. I haven't seen so many of um, people from various age groups, and um, I think I see uh, so many people that I recognize and that I don't recognize. Thank you so much for your participation and your beautiful special music. Uh, Pastor Isaac asked me to uh, speak and I was very excited about, for about two years. <laughs> um, and then when I asked him, uh, what should I speak about? Because I love to talk about God in very many, uh, various uh, different topics, uh, whether it's health, science, or language. And today, um, for today, he said, uh, tell us about the Word of God through ancient Chinese characters. And I said, Okay, uh, let me do some praying, and let me share that, uh, share what I uh, what I know, why little I know, with uh, the group that are going to come this evening. Um, today, rather than making it a one direction um, speech or conversation, I'd like to have I'd like it to be an interactive experience. So I would like to have a volunteer. The younger the volunteer, the better. <laughs> Actually, the older the volunteer, the better too. But I'd like to ask a young volunteer, um, and the youngest volunteer is turning away from me. <laughs> uh, I, need, I, need, um, I need a lady volunteer and a gentleman volunteer. And I'd like to actually um, think about who's going to... All you have to do is be able to copy and draw. That's all you have to do. You don't have to, you don't have to do anything. So you can actually volunteer someone. Oh, okay, very good. So hold on about a couple of minutes as I make this introduction to what we're going to talk about. I have a couple of questions for you. Um, I don't want this to be a classroom, but you know, because you're so intelligent, I have to ask you some questions to verify that we're on the same page. Uh, how many of you uh, have heard of Industrial Revolution? Oh, okay, you guys are so smart. Okay, what was the uh, agent of first Industrial Revolution? What caused the... Yes, what is it? Textile, okay. All right, maybe a little before that. That's actually, that's a, that's a good answer too. But what form of energy... Um, gave the first industrial revolution? What is it? Water wheel. Wow, that's even better. Water wheel actually, go, it actually predates, it actually predates in, uh, industrial revolution. Uh, so after, actually, people played with the water wheel and they did a lot of work with it, they actually started boiling water. So what did they get? Yeah, they got steam. So, the first official industrial revolution occurred as man invented or as man discovered they could boil water to make a lot of energy. When did that happen? Long time ago, okay. <laughs> About what century or what year? 18th century. Is 18th century, does it start with 1700 or 1800? <laughs> 17. Somebody says 1784, that's exactly right. So first industrial revolution occurred 1784 by actually officially 
um, official use of steam for powering things, okay? And then what was the second industrial revolution? What did they discover that actually revolutionized the way people did their work? Coal. They used coal to actually burn, they burned coal to boil water and things like that, like make fire. So it kind of still belongs to steam, uh, steam uh, era. So about 100 years later, what did they discover? What did human beings discover? What is it? Fire. No, that was before. <laughs> no, actually it was electricity. All right, electricity. Who actually invented the light bulb? I want to hear the right answer. <laughs> who, who? Most people think, oh, Benjamin Franklin actually was one of the people that tested electricity through lightning, but who, who, actually, discovered, who actually discovered the technology for light bulb? Oh, I hear Tesla. <laughs> and that is correct. Well, most people think it's, it was Edison, but it was actually Tesla's idea that Edison stole. Most people think that Edison, of course, I'm sure he was pretty good too. But Tesla, Tesla was even greater. That's why uh, Elon Musk is actually naming his cars Tesla, right? So you've got to read a little bit about it. I don't want to say anything negative about Edison, but there's a lot of positive things about Tesla that we have no idea or we haven't heard before in the history books. What was the next one? After about 100 years later, another form of energy change the way human beings revolutionize this world. What's another one? Fire was way in the beginning. <laughs> you got to move on. Okay, very good. But it's a form of fire, energy, right? The next one was computer, right? Well, everybody knows that. And then what happened after computers? That was uh, 1969 and about, four, about 40 years later and about maybe 2000, uh, 15, uh, 15 to 17, uh, some things actually happened in a very rapid motion. And now we live in a completely different world. What do you call this era? This is the era, <laughs> this is the era of Apple? <laughs> no, this is the era of AI. What is AI? Artificial intelligence. How many of you carry around artificial intelligence? All of you, right? What is the, what is the artificial intelligence of your choice? Siri. Alexa. How many of you have Alexa at home? Did you know that Alexa can record everything if it wants to? And video and record everything and one day Amazon will probably have like complete record of what you do every single moment of your life. And so you might want to like unplug it if you don't want, if you want your privacy secured, right? All right, so um, this, these, this, these are the four industrial revolutions that actually have occurred. And now we're in the world of AI. What is the definition of AI? How is it different from machine, computer versus AI? Like, does your, is your phone AI? It's the Siri in the phone that, that's AI. What's the definition of AI? AI means that it can, it can learn through interaction. Are you AI? Or do you not learn? <laughs> right? 
So if you learn, and if you're a robot, then they call you in artificial intelligence. But because we're not robots, we're different. Um, we, even though we learn, we are actually called something different, right? What are we called? <laughs> human. So how is human different from artificial intelligence? And, um, you know, um, your parents' generation and... Um, Actually, a lot of my friends, we get together and talk about, man, we can never catch up to AI because it's so much smarter, right? Like Google is omniscient, right? It knows everything. And it's omnipresent. It's everywhere, right? Uh, even in Africa. And it's almost omnipotent because it can pretty much do everything. And it almost has replaced God. Is that true? But I'm so glad that so many of you are here proving that AI has not replaced God. Now, uh, October, October 25th, 2017, this lady, not really a lady, a robot, became the first female robot to become the Saudi Arabian citizen, right? Have you seen the interview? All right, so this is kind of freaky and scary, right? Or is it something really exciting? Very scary. Uh, she can make jokes. Uh, she can actually speak in very, very um, intelligent words. Knows uh, it's connected uh, to the internet, so probably has more knowledge than any single individual. You know, probably can have more knowledge than any single individual on the planet. So, as far as knowledge is concerned, we cannot catch up to the AI. But what can we do that we can become better than AI? What does it mean to be better, right? But today, in the world of AI, I wanted to talk to you about how God spoke to us, spoke to the world through ancient Chinese wisdom. So I wanted to ask you the difference between the knowledge and wisdom. Um, I think we've already, we already know that AI is better in terms of knowledge, right? It actually knows more. But is it necessarily better in wisdom than us? What do you think? We hope so, right? So we're going to find out. What religion can AI replace? I just listed a couple of, uh, just a few uh, examples of AI you already know. Uh, of all the AIs, I think Sophia, between IBM Watson and Sophia, they're probably... Really smart. They're smart in different ways. AlphaGo was like the one that actually beat the best Go player, right, in the world. And Watson, I think, beat the best chess player in the world. So no human beings can play, uh, beat these um, AI in any of the games anymore. Um, but I think God made us better. And today, uh, we would like to find out together. <clears throat> Uh, what religion, I put it in quotes, um, what religion do you think uh, is replaceable by AI? Of all the religions that you can think of. Because I actually talked to someone of this religion that potentially AI can replace this religion. Which one do you think it is? Pastor, what do you think? Actually, I talked to a, a few of the people in this religion, and they agreed. 
And it's, um, which one? Buddhism. Because Buddhism actually is about um, getting out of suffering through reasoning and logic. Finding peace through reasoning. So in terms of reasoning, AI can do a very, very good job. But today, I wanted to propose something different. Uh, AI may have greater knowledge than human, but what about wisdom? Does AI necessarily have better wisdom? Will it ever have better wisdom? What religion can AI not replace for sure? What do you think? And I'd like to turn your attention to our Bible verse because I know nowadays we don't read the Bible um, as much. I feel like I think you hear and you sing and you look up, but sometimes we don't read out loud the Bible verses as much. So today I'd like to uh, have all of us read the Bible verses together so, so that God's love letters can be instilled in our hearts through ancient wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 9.10. Can we all read it together? Ready? The fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom, and the knowledge of the Holy One is understanding. I thought I had to translate, so I, I threw it in some Korean. <laughs> all right. So, the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. Can AI have ever the fear of the Lord? I don't think so. Right? <coughs> I don't think it would ever actually attain that reverence, that respect, that fear that we have for God. So I'm so glad that all of us are here in reverence, in respect of God, so that we can praise Him. So I asked about a couple of volunteers, but before I actually um, pick two volunteers, one lady volunteer and one uh, gentleman volunteer... Uh, I wanted to actually review some history. This is a little bit small, but I think you guys have all good eyesight. So this is uh, about 6,000 years ago, all the way up to now. And I just want to put some important historic events uh, by putting people in different, um, different era here. So the most important person, this is where Epic Plus actually came from. Plus is not only the upgrade to Epic, but there is a cross. So I hope you remember that Epic Plus is about Christ, about the cross. So Jesus came about 2,000 years ago, and because of him, the history was divided into two, right? Before Christ and after Christ. And let's look at some of the uh, people. So I actually have three arrows here pointing over, right over here about 2,500 years ago. There were three really wise people of, I guess, uh, most of them actually came from Asia in this case. Um, three most um, wise people, because we're talking about wisdom. And those three people were Lao Tzu. How many of you know who Lao Tzu is? The one that actually did not, prob- did not actually start Taoism, but they actually kind of... Um, revere him as the beginner, the, the originator of Taoism. Uh, so that was about 2,500 years ago. And uh, shortly after that, Confucius actually became a great teacher. And after that, Buddhism came into, uh, of course, it started in um, India, but it actually spread throughout the whole world. 
But even before this, a lot of great men of wisdom actually came to this earth, right? Let's look at some great men of wisdom. Who was the first person who we know as the great man of wisdom? Uh, Adam and Eve, right? No? Yes? Uh, how long did they live? How long did Adam live? Do you know? 900? Like, when I was your age, we used to memorize these, <laughs> how long they lived. But I think it may not be as interesting anymore. But Adam lived 930 years. We were, like, trying to figure out who lived the longest, right? And then who lived longer than Adam? Slightly longer. Of course, everybody knows Medusala. How many years? 969 years. Who lived slightly less than Methuselah? Slightly less than Methuselah was Jared. How many years? How many years? 962. Who lived slightly younger? Or slightly uh, fewer years than Jared? Who lived 950 years? Noah. Oh, so you guys, don't, you guys don't memorize this anymore, right? <laughs> Maybe these are trivia that you can look up on the internet. Uh, when I was growing up, uh, knowledge was like power. We thought, you know, knowledge is power. And so we try to remember and memorize a lot of things to impress people, right? Impress your teachers. But nowadays, knowledge is no longer powerful anymore, or not as powerful as, anymore, because it's very easily accessible, right? So rather than knowledge, we need wisdom. So... I guess it just proves the point that knowledge is important, but not as important. Uh, so Noah, this is Noah. I, I guess it's such a small picture here, and I try to fit everything in here. But Noah, 4,500 4, years ago, there was Noah's the flood. Not, I mean, we don't know exactly when the flood occurred, but we think it's around 4,500 years ago, or 2,500 years B.C. And then 4,000 years ago, this is supposed to be Abraham and Isaac. Pastor Isaac should know, right? 2000, about 4,000 years ago. And then 3,500 years ago, who was the famous person that, that, was, that lived on earth 3,500 years ago who actually was the, probably one of the first authors of the Bible? <coughs> Moses, very good. And then Christ came, and who was the famous person that we re recently celebrated um, that actually lived 500 years ago that revolutionized the way the Christians thought. Martin Luther, right? So I found the picture of him laughing, not so stern. <laughs> and then 100 years ago, who actually gave us a great enlightenment? About 100 years ago, maybe a little, little older than 100 years ago, was Mrs. White, right? And um, some of the things that I'm going to share with you today involves the ancient writing from way before about 4,500 years ago. So that's about the time of the flood, right after the flood. And so this is probably the oldest documented God's love letter in the world. Older than Moses' writing. And this has been proven historically. And they were written on the uh, turtle, turtle backs. And sometimes bamboo, uh, bamboo sticks. And so uh, now I'm going to ask for a volunteer. I need a, some, actually, the gentleman with glasses, you are, you're raising your hand, so you need to come. What is your name? Carlos. Carlos, come on up. Okay. 
Carlos, you're Carlos? Wow, you've changed. <laughs> All right. Okay. All right. So Carlos is going to stand on this side. And I need a, I need a uh, lady volunteer. Everybody's pointing to you, ma'am. What is your name? Christy, come on out. All right. So all you have to do... All right, why don't, you, why don't you give her a round of applause to, as an encouragement. Very good. All right, so all you have to do is you just look at the slide and you just have to draw. And then we're going we're gonna, to we're gonna look at God's love letter and you actually figure out, you kind of decide who writes better love letter, okay? All right, knowledge versus wisdom. No, so you don't have to start writing yet, <laughs> okay? So it says, Chinese characters tell a story, a story as well as history or his story. Okay? So it's not just about a simple story behind the character. There is a history behind it, and there is his story behind it. So there's a story, there's a history, and there's God's love letter behind Chinese characters. So the very first one. Let's see who can write that love letter much better. Okay, here we go. Carlos versus Christy. You can just write it however you want. This is interesting, right? All right. Very good. This looks, this looks pretty complicated, right? Very good. All right. Wow. You're actually even writing it in sequence. Oh, very nice. All right. Let's give them a big round of applause. All right. Okay. All right. Christy, what did you just write? I don't know. Okay. <laughs> All right. This character means, okay, I want to get some help from the Eldasom audience. I know, you, I know you know. And who are you, Eldasom? Okay, I know I have an Eldasom pastor and an elder at the end over there. Can you help us? What does that mean? Oh, he says, this means young. What is young in English? Spirit, right? This, this character means spirit. And so I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to actually explain what God wrote in here through the Chinese character. This part, this part means rain. And this means three mouths. You can stay until we finish this explanation, okay? Here, this means rain or water, and this means mouth. There's three mouths. And then, what do you think this means? Like, you have, yeah, person. It looks like a person, right? So, there are two people, and then the top bar and the uh, lower bar connected with the middle bar means to make. So, this means there is water, three mouths, and two people were made. Wow. What do you think this story is? This is a creation story, and where do you think you can find this Bible verse? In Chinese character, it's just one character, but in the Bible, so uh, this means spirit. And Carlos, can you read the Bible verse for us? Genesis 1 verse 2. Now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the bottom. Right, so see how all the components of this spirit is there, right? So the spirit, the whole thing means spirit. And waters actually is indicated by this character. They call it radical. This character means rain. 
waters. And then these means three mouths, right? These three squares mean three mouths. What, what do you mean, uh, what, three, what do three mouths represent? The Trinity, Holy Spirit, right? And in Hebrew, Pastor Isaac, what's Trinity? <laughs> no, 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 you know, what, how, what's the name of God in, in, the, in this Bible text? What, what, what's the, I know he knows. I just asked the funny, weird, the question in a weird way. Elohim, right? The, the three, the plural, uh, plural God, the, Trini, the triune God, right? And so this is uh, Trinity. So it's not about just one God. You know, some people think that Jesus was a creature, right? But there's, there's, the, there's the Father God, the Son God, and the Holy Spirit. So it's all there. All three Godheads are there. So triune God is there. And the triune God made the two human beings in the waters. So it actually is actually a one character representing the entire, entire Genesis 1 and 2. 1, 2 verse, chapter 1, verse 2. Isn't that amazing? To me, Like just looking at it gives me like goosebumps. Or is it just me? But like, is this just a um, serendipity? Is it just a chance that this happens? Just to prove to you that it's not just by chance, since you are so good at coloring, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to ask you to do the next one. So, so Christy, what does this mean, this one? Rain. Rain. What does that mean? Mouth. So there are three mouths. And this means two, two people. And then what, what does this part mean? What does that mean? They were drawing so much they forgot, right? What does this part mean? To make, right? So another thing that you can, another way you can think about this is that heaven and earth, when there's a connection, um, creation happens. So you know when the when there's a rain from the heaven down to the earth, what happens? Things sprout. So creation happens when the heaven and earth connect. Through rain. So that's another way Chinese think about creation. So this is it. So in the beginning, when, uh, when the earth was fetus, just like this fetus, well, life comes out of water, right? And that also, that's also symbolizes baptism by immersion, not by sprinkling. So there's so much truth to this one character. So um, before you guys go, I'm going to do one more I'm going to give you one more assignment. So this is, this is the word, what, what does this mean again? Uh, create, God creating. God creating two people. So what, okay, so what does it mean? Spirit. Spirit, very good. So spirit has to do with creation. And then we're going to do one more. So can you draw that one? All right. Carlos wants to do it. In a very organized fashion. All right, okay. Okay, all right. <laughs> Tell us you're missing, missing something. <laughs> Okay. All right. Very good. Thank you very much. So this one, because of the computer uh, care, uh, font, there was a, there was a little mistake, but um, 
I know you guys drew it exactly the way it says, so I, I don't, I'm not, yeah, I think you guys did a great job. All I have to do is for Christie's um, writing, all I have to do is get rid of this right here and right here. Okay, very good. This, actually, it's computer's fault. They shouldn't, it should not have drawn that part or these little parts. So, this one actually has to do with, this means dust of the ground or earth. This means, once again, what is it? Mouth. And this means, whenever there's a little, whenever there's a little stroke, it means life. Life. Or, uh, in this case, breath of life. And then this whole thing means walk. Doesn't that ring a bell? So there is dust of the ground, there is mouth, and there is a stroke representing life, and then there is a character symbolizing walk. Does that, does that ring a Bible verse? Or how many of you actually read the Bible or read, the, read that section of the Bible recently? Okay, so I'm going to have Christy. This means to form or create. Okay? Isn't that amazing? This whole character means to form. And this time, Christy, or Chris, Chris, Christine. So I'm sorry. I'm sorry. Christine, could you read this Bible verse? You know, it takes about four lines for English language to express God's creation. It only takes one character for Chinese character to express the exact same thing. Isn't that amazing? So that's why I call this God's love letter. Doesn't that give you goosebumps or no? Not yet? <laughs> okay, thank you so much. Let's give them a, a big round of applause. Thank you so much. So is it kind of hard to draw? But once you know how to draw, you can actually... Write the entire, entire Bible verse in one character. All right, I'm going to go a little bit faster because just, there are just a few. Because if you, I just showed you only two characters, you can say this is just a coincidence, right? So let's look at a few more. So this is the same character. So let's look at the wisdom from garden. This, this character means, this character means how many, how many of you know? This means garden. Okay, <laughs> window, yeah, <laughs> but it, this means garden, and uh, this one actually has to do with the garden, with four river with four directions, and Genesis two ten talks about a river watering the garden flowed from Eden. From there, it was separated into four headwaters. Look, here's the so this is a big square, so it's not mouth, but it's a garden, and there are four. Headwaters, one, two, three, four. And it means garden. Garden of Eden. So that's the one simple way of writing Garden of Eden. And there is another one. And um, this one is really interesting. What was this again from the word um, creation to form? This one was dust of the ground. And this means mouth. And this is really interesting. This is one person. And then there's another person coming sideways, right? This is actually women coming from man, from the, from the side. And then God put them in the garden. And this means the big garden of Eden. Wow. Isn't that giving you goosebumps now? No? Almost, right? So he says, So the Lord God caused the man to fall into a deep sleep, and while he was sleeping, he took one of a man's ribs 
and then closed up the flesh uh, with the closed up the place with flesh. So this is actually creation of Adam and Eve in detail. Wow, how how good is this? Like it, it, this is too good to be a, by chance. Next one. This is actually how many of you know what this is? This used to be where the ancient people used to uh, burn sacrificial offering. And from there came this character. And this character means either to see or God. And I'm going to show you this because there's something really interesting. Because it looks really complicated, but it's just a, pic- it's just a picture. Okay, so the top one, this, that's, this actually means a tree. But there are two trees. Okay, and then there's... There is God in the center. And this whole thing means prohibit. So now, what would that mean? There are two trees and there's God in the center prohibiting something. What is God saying? God God is saying, eat from this tree, but not this. So eat from the tree of life, but not from the tree of knowledge of good and evil. And God is saying this. So when the Chinese um, uh, actual, the the scholars actually study these characters to see why this means prohibit, they could not figure it out until they looked at the Bible to interpret this character. Isn't that amazing? So they had to look at the Bible to interpret why there were two trees and God in the uh, character that means prohibit. To stop. So he says, you must not. He says, you must not eat from the tree of the knowledge of, knowledge of good and evil. For when you eat of it, you will surely die. So that's Genesis 2.17. So this God's love letter is like right there in Chinese character. Next one. There are two trees again. And this time, this is really interesting because ladies, you have to pay attention to this. Alright? So there are two trees once again. Okay? And then the bottom part, what do you think this means? This bottom part. That means woman. So there's a woman in between two trees. What do you think this means? It's her fault? (laughs) It's her fault. (laughs) So this means to covet. So the woman is actually between the two trees and she's coveting. Wow, this fruit looks so good. And so this Bible verse actually comes from Genesis 3, 6. Pleasing to the eye and desirable for gaining wisdom. So when, when she looked at it, it was so good looking, so delicious looking, and also it was so good looking to the point of, wow, this fruit will give me wisdom. Not just knowledge, but give me wisdom. And so... So this is the word for covet. And it goes on and on. I'm going to do things a little bit quickly. This one, uh, once again, you actually see a familiar character now. What do you see? Do you see something familiar now? There is a garden. And then whenever there is a little, little stroke, it's either life or, uh, there, it either means life or movement. So in the garden, there is a, there's a movement uh, in front of a person. This is another way of writing person. It's, it's representing two legs. And then this part means secretly. So in the garden, when there was a person, there was a secret movement. 
Whoa, what do you think that means? Who actually would move secretly? Snake, right? This, so what do you think this, this character means? This character means the devil. Not just the snake. It means the devil. So how else would you explain this character without the Bible? Alright, so Genesis 3.1. Now the serpent was more crafty or more subtle than any other animal. So this is Genesis 3.1. This is really complicated looking, right? But if you look at it, it's really simple. See, look right here. This, this one right here. What is that? That's what? That's the devil. See, you see the devil now. All right, you see the devil. And then, where, where is the devil? Now the devil is in the trees, right? So devil, now the devil is on trees. And then this, this means covered up. So the devil is in the tree covered up with a very slight movement. Not much movement. So what do you think this whole thing means? It looks kind of complicated. So this, yes, slithery, secretly. So this means tempter. Ooh, right? <laughs> wow, that's amazing. How else would you explain this character? This means the tempter. Also, same thing. Did God really say you must not eat from any tree in the garden? So he's tempting. So whenever there's a temptation, it's always very secretly. It occurs very secretively, right? So um, whenever you see something really tempting and beautiful, you have to watch out. So I think I have, oh, the picture that I wanted to show you is still coming. So this one, actually, now you recognize all the, all the radicals, right? So there is, a, there is a garden. You're so smart now. There is a garden, and there is one tree. And which tree do you think this is? Tree of life or tree of knowledge of good and evil? Yeah, tree of knowledge. Of, because there is what? There is a woman, right? <laughs> right? There is a woman, right? <laughs> right? So then what do you think this means? It means sin. Oh, wow. <laughs> yeah, this means desirable. So the fruit was so desirable and so beautiful. So here it is. Once again, desirable for gaining wisdom. And so I think the picture is... So this is desirable, right? right? And nowadays I think this is desirable. Because right? oh. I saw you guys like ordering this phone like a month before it came and I had one... I saw it on a documentary. This one Korean lady actually went, on, went to Hong Kong to try to get in line to get the first one. She couldn't get it, had to wait another three months. So it was so desirable. So I think iPhone is like the new fruit of knowledge of good and evil. What do you think? <laughs> it almost has become that. What do you think? I hope not, right? All right. Now, let's fast forward a little bit so we can uh, finish the whole Bible. At this rate, I can, you know, it'll take all night long to finish the Bible, right? But um, the, the entire Bible story is actually can be represented in Chinese character. But let's fast forward and we'll finish up in a couple of characters. This character means big boat. The one on the very left means big boat. And, and, w- and whenever you see I said that little stroke, that means movement, right? So this, this actually has to do it like this looks like a boat, right? It actually comes from person rowing the boat, right? It's a picture word, right? 
and then, and then it's moving. And then this part means ate, okay, and then there's mouth. So there is a boat, and there are eight mouths. What is that? Whoa, Noah's Ark. So why are there eight mouths in the Noah's Ark? Because Noah and his wife, three sons, and three sons' wives. So that's how many mouths? Eight mouths. How else would you explain this? And this just means ark, like a big boat. So that's the, that's the whole flood story in one character. Now, this is the, now we fast forward. So we actually saw the character that meant sin and coveting and falling for the serpent. Um, and then God had to wipe the people out. And so new generation came. And now the story, the wisdom from the Lamb. And who does the Lamb represent in the Bible? Jesus, right? So let's look at this. This is how you write the character Lamb. How many? Okay, I need one, one volunteer. This is relatively easy, right? I probably don't need a volunteer. So this, this is actually represents the ram, the horn, the horns. And then this, this represents, and if you write it by itself, you have to write it long. But this is the radical that represents uh, lamb or ram, the male, male sheep. Okay, and from this, there's a really complicated character. But, you know, it's all pictures. It's all combining pictures. If you look at it, you think it's like very, very astounding and it's complicated. But if you look at the uh, character sacrifice, you can break it down. Uh, this part, you know, the one with the, one with the creation did not have this bar, bar coming down. But if you have the bar coming down, this represents bull. Okay? And then this one has to do with ram or lamb, male sheep, and then this means without blemish, and this means spear. So if you combine it all together, that character means sacrifice. So before Christ came, the sacrifice represented salvation. Before Christ came and died on the cross, sacrifice represented salvation, and this, was, this is actually was invented about 4,500 years ago. So how many years before Christ actually came? 2,500 years, right? So about two, it, this character predates about two to three, uh, two to three thousand years before Christ. So this character was written before the Bible, as we know it. So this is Leviticus 9:2. Take for yourself a bull calf for a sin offering and a ram for a burned offering, both without blemish. So all those all those specific qualities for a sacrifice are in there: bull, ram. Those without blemish and spear representing sacrifice. All right. So I actually, recently I actually, um, because I'm a new start person, I'm trying to give new start to my patients who actually uh, were tattooed and they can't get any jobs. So this was one of my patients who had, a, who had this character tattooed on uh, her, I think it was her left, left um, upper arm. And she had to get rid of this to get, to get a job. And her um, newfound love said, you know, we don't want that tattoo. They didn't know what it meant. What do you think this means? Do you see something? 
Oh, you see the ram. Yes, very smart. Now you know Chinese. It's easy, right? <laughs> All right. So this means, this means the ram. And then on the bottom, it's a little complicated, but there's nothing complicating about Chinese. This means hand. And then this means spear. And then, did you know that this whole thing means righteousness? So she has something really nice. Pastor, would you accept someone who has tattoo that says righteous? Absolutely. You're going to get one. <laughs> All right. <laughs> All right. I think pastor with that tattoo can get a job. Because it means righteousness. But you know what this means? This whole thing means righteousness. The bottom part means, bottom part means self. And then top part means what? Ram or lamb, right? So if you put, your, if you put lamb over self, you become righteous. Amen. Whoa, right? Wow, right? But self is made up of hand and spear. So if you look at Isaiah 53.5, it says, He was pierced for our transgressions. And He was crushed for our iniquities. And the punishment that brought us peace was on Him. And by His wounds, we are healed. Isn't that powerful? And it's all in there. So self, we are made, of, we are made up of just spear. We're actually a bunch of people with spears ready to poke, poke somebody else, spear somebody else, or spear Jesus, even today. But if you put Him above us, then by His blood, we can become righteous. So this is amazing. And this is the simpler version if you like shortcuts. This means life or blood, and this means cross. So by the blood of the cross, this, this character also means righteousness. So if you, have, uh, see, if you have Android with a pen, you can actually write this and it'll tell you what this character is. How many of you have Android? I know Pastor, Pastor Park has one with the pen, right? How many of you have, how many of you uh, iPhoneers have a pen? You guys, you guys have to use fingers, right? <laughs> and see if you can write this in there and it'll, it'll translate it as righteousness. So this is actually amazing, right? This is a shorthand, short form for righteousness. It's easy, cross and blood. So by, by the blood of cross, or blood at the cross, blood of Jesus, we become righteous. And this is my favorite character, because this, if you ever come to my wellness center, you'll see this. And this is my favorite character. And all the Sabbatarians has to know this character. Uh, all of us are Sabbatarians, right? Sabbath keepers. We love Sabbath. And this means rest. And you already know the two characters because what do you think the left one means? Person, right? It's like a, you know, when the person has, it's a radical that's written on the left side, they write, it, it's written like this. So this means person. And then this means what? You already know. Tree. So when you are next to a tree, you find rest. Very good, right? But let's dissect this character one, uh, one, one, more, one more time. 
Break this down one more time. What does this mean? Cross. Epic plus. Right? And this means what? Hidden in the tree is a person. So who's the man on the cross? Jesus. So when you're next to, when, when you as a human being are next to Jesus Christ on the cross, you find true rest. That is the Sabbath message. Sabbath is not about not doing this and that on Saturday, but it's about finding rest in Christ. And it's right, written right in the Chinese character. And so as a Sabbath lover, this is my favorite. And this, you'll see this when you come to my wellness center. And uh, it's kind of dark, but it's supposed to be brighter. See right here? See? And then I hope, next picture is, you can see something. Can you see, can you, can you turn your eyes upon Jesus and find him behind the tree? Can you find Jesus behind the tree? The lighting is not really perfect, but do you see him? Do you see him come up? Oh, if you are pure and sinless, you can see Jesus. <laughs> Where? <laughs> Where? <laughs> you have to pray a little more. So it's actually right here. I don't know if you can see. Oh, now you see. Even pastor sees it now. Congratulations. You were worried. <laughs> Alright, so actually if you want to see this and take picture next to, next to this, um, this symbol, you can, you're welcome to come to our wellness center. Actually, it's near the new, new church building. So you're welcome to come by and take a picture and find rest here. And then, I cannot finish without talking about this, because this is amazing. This is a garden? <laughs> no, this is amazing. This is really simple to write. But it's amazing to understand. So as I mentioned, this means the heaven, right? And this means earth. And then sometimes Chinese write person in a, in a single bar. So they, that, that's why three means, three, like the number three is very, very powerful to the human beings. Like tr Trinity is in three, right? Your states of matter, like liquid, solid, liquid, gas, three states, right? Um, uh, so if you actually have this character, not only does it mean three, it actually has to do with heaven and earth and human being connected by someone. So here is heaven and earth being connected by the cross. And the one that does that is the king. So this means the king. That's amazing, right? Or it means leader. So if you're a leader, you are a connector. You connect talents if you're a leader. So um, there is another Chinese. This character actually came from connecting the pearls. This is a single, two, three pearls. And if you connect it like this, and if you draw the lines, this means pearl and, or jade in Chinese character. That means very precious stone. And so the person or a leader or God who connects... It's very precious. That's what this uh, character symbolizes. So this means the king. And next one, there is something above the king. And what do you think the top part means? It almost looks like uh, 
mirror image person, right? But it actually symbolizes a person that's humbled. So this means um, when you actually enter a room, you actually lower your body, right? Or when you bow down, you're actually showing humility. So, when you, uh, so this whole character, when the king came as a lowly person, and this whole thing means whole. So when the king enters into our lives, we become whole. That's what this means. This means wholeness. And so this is the mission statement of Loma Linda University, to make man whole. And it means not just uh, uh, you know, physical, mental, uh, social, and spiritual care, but it means letting Christ enter into our lives. So we're empty people. We're nothing, right? What do you think? Do you think we're something or we're nothing? We think we're something because we can touch ourselves. But you, those of you who studied science, in chemi- science or chemistry in ninth graders, you guys, if you just studied eighth grade science or ninth grade science, you know that we're made of empty, we're nothing, right? We're 99.99999% empty with seven nines, after de- seven nines after decimal. We're pretty much empty nothingness. But the reason why we think we're something is because the things called what? What, what, are, what are spinning? Electrons are spinning, so it's like a bicycle wheel. And there's more emptiness in the wheel, but because it's spinning, you can't put finger through, right? If the wheel's spinning. It's like that. So we think we are full. We think we're something, but we're nothing without the king entering into our lives. That's what the Chinese character shows. So when God enters in our lives, Galatians 2.20, I have been crucified with Christ and I, ha- I no longer live, but Christ lives in me. The life I live now in my body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave, me, gave himself to me. I want to end with this story. This is a story of Indonesian father and son. And as you can notice, um, the father has only one side. So he's missing one arm, left arm and left leg. And so he usually goes around begging for food for the two of them. And for the longest time, this son was very, very embarrassed about his father because his father was not normal. Would you be embarrassed if your, if your father was like this? So he kept on telling his dad, I don't want to go to school because people, kids make fun of me. And so father one day, the dad one day said, you know, son, let me tell you a story. When you were much smaller, you accidentally stepped on a mine. So to save you, I had to push you aside and I couldn't escape the bomb exploding. So uh, I, all, I barely survived, but I had to lose my arm and a leg. And then after the son heard the story, he started crying. He started, his tears started just coming down his face. And after this story, he said, Daddy, you're the, I'm so proud of you, and you're, I'm, I'm the most proud son that anybody ever will find. Daddy, I love you so much. And then after the story, he went to school, and he told everybody about what happened. Because he was so touched by his daddy's love. 
And he says in Romans 5.8, But God demonstrated his own love for us in this. While we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. So now, the daddy and son are so happy because they have become one. You know, at the very beginning, my first slide actually had at one minute on the slide. And this is a very, very big theological term called atonement, right? But I used to, I like to call it at one minute because when Christ enters into our lives and we and Christ become one, when we become nothing, zero equals one, and He'll make us everything. He'll make us something. So in Christ, zero equals one. Because we're nothing without the one, without Christ. Amen? Amen. Thank you very much.